You're listening to the Military Working Mom Podcast with Drea Jones. Episode 34, Expectations versus Reality of Deploying Before 12 Months Postpartum, featuring Lindsay Souter of the U.S. Navy. Hi, ladies. I hope you all are doing well. I'm here recording in a empty home, just waiting to head out overseas. So I apologize if the audio is a little echoey today, but we have an amazing story. She reached out and wanted to share because sometimes we have false expectations before we have our first kid or even multiples. And Lindsay wanted to share with you kind of the lessons she learned and what she would have done differently, but how she conquered the scenario that she was in as she deployed with the Navy when her child was under a year, which means she wavered the Navy's 12-month deferment policy. So before I tell her whole story, welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm doing great. (laughs) Of course. So right now you're in Okinawa, correct? Yes. Okay, so you're still on your sea duty tour. Yes, so my sea duty tour is three years. Um, I'm finishing it up. Uh, But yes, I've been in Okinawa for over two and a half years now. Awesome. So I know when we talked before, you had mentioned that it's not normal to have a baby on your sea duty tour. So what is your story? No, definitely not. Um, So typically when we plan for families in the Navy, it's always always been said, oh, have your babies during shore duty uh, because shore duty, you're not deployable, meaning you won't uh, go out to sea unless you volunteer for it typically. Uh, But sea duty means that you're deployable at any moment. Um, So when I found out I was pregnant, And, you know, at first it wasn't necessarily planned, but of course we welcomed it, that I had to tell my admiral and my command pretty quickly. So within basically a day after I got the results from the doctor confirming it, um, I had to tell my command and I was expecting them to not keep me at the command because that's something we can do in the Navy. If you're on sea duty, you can get transferred to a shore duty or a different command if you are pregnant, but my command was very gracious and let me stay at the command. They definitely didn't want me going anywhere. So uh, I was able to stay with my command during sea duty. Do you guys normally have to plan not to get pregnant if you're at the station together during sea duty? Like how does that even work? Like three years is a long time not to start a family. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So we, you you typically want to plan it and you, the biggest thing for us is just to be upfront and honest. Like we know pregnancies happen with our sailors. Um, so if there's family planning, like I want a second child. So uh, during my next command, so that's honestly probably going to be something I talk about pretty upfront is that I know I'm on door duty. So this would be a perfect time to plan for a second child. Uh, so we're pretty upfront about it, I guess, in the Navy and just advising our sailors to think about that. Think about the types of tours they want to go on because of sea duty, as I said, it's, you know, you're up to be able to go on deployment out to sea uh, that whole time. So planning around that is important. Family planning at its best. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you, when did you just get back from your deployment? Um, I got back about, um, about a month ago. I went underway in mid-January and left during one of our port calls in Thailand. Okay, so and how old is your little one now? He is now a year old, so I made it back just in time for his first birthday, um, and he was about 10 months old when I left. 
Okay. So I know you have a unique story because you deployed before your, you know, your child came into the picture. So mm-hmm. what was that difference between that first deployment and what's this whole story that I want you to tell everybody on how the second deployment happened? Yes. Um, so I've been underway or on deployment three times before having my child and my first deployment out to sea, we went to Australia and it was, I was out to sea, I think about four months. Um, and I had a blast. I loved it. I love being on the ship. I love being underway. Um, there's nothing like it just being on open ocean. So I typically have always enjoyed deployments and being on the ship. So, and I had actually gone, I volunteered to travel with the USS America from its transit from Hawaii to Okinawa in November when my son was about, was about seven, about eight months. I volunteered because it was going to be a short transit. I wanted to kind of get my feet wet before the spring deployment that I knew was upcoming. Um, so my boss allowed me to go and I had a good time. I, of course, missed my son and my husband, but I was able to do it. Uh, So it made me confident to be able to do this next underway, which was the one in January. I didn't have to go because in the Navy, there's a policy where you you do not have to be on deployment or underway within 12 months of being postpartum. So I volunteered again to go on the second one because of my good experience from the previous one. How old again was he during your first one? So the first one after I came back from having him, he was about eight months old. And I was only gone for, I think, maybe almost three weeks. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Man, in one year, you did two deployments. Holy moly. <laughs> no, they're, they're, our, our deployments out here where we're at in Okinawa are, are a lot quicker than a typical deployment. Um, or like our underway time can be a couple weeks, a couple months. It just depends. All right. So this next one that you just came back from, you had mentioned you volunteered for it because of your good experience. So what changed when you went? What happened? Yes. Um, so I was excited to go again uh, when my boss was making the roster of who was going to go. I was like, definitely sign me up. I'll be going with my crew, with my sailors. And I got on the ship and I was underway for it's on our way for about less than a week and it just really hit me differently than it did the first time. And I'm not sure if that was because I knew I was going to be out a lot longer. Um, but the, but I just was having trouble coping with some of the, with the operation schedule with, um, different people on the ship. We had a lot more people on the ship this time, a lot more, a lot of new faces. I was just having a really hard time, conceptualizing myself being out there with the job we were going to do. And then of course, like having limited communications with back home was really tough, but uh, I, I had just kind of like a, I had a tough day one day within the week of the, within the first week of being on the ship. Um, and it just got me. I just, I went to the shower and I just cried in the shower. It just all came out just missing home and missing my son and being like, what am I doing out here? Why am I putting myself in this position, you know, going out to sea and going to the places we were going to go? Like, why am I putting myself out there when I have a baby at home? I just felt like a wave of guilt, uh, anxiousness, 
just a lot of emotions come up just very quickly. And I was thinking, you know, okay, I'm just, I'm just a little shocked I'm, I'm I'll get over it. I'll get over it. But as the weeks went on, it just didn't get any better. Um, I was struggling at my job. Uh, my boss was kind of note. He was saying, you know, you aren't your usual chipper self that you typically are. And so people were noticing it that, you know, I was, I just, and I didn't really have a lot of people to talk to. There's, there's one other mom, um, in my command, but, uh, there wasn't very many on the ship at all. And then, uh, so it was hard to connect with people, um, which made it a little more difficult. Um, so it, it completely shocked me that, you know, some of the stuff I love about being on the ship, I love being, uh, underway. It just, it, it had no impact on me this time around. Absolutely. It is a big difference, especially when it's for four weeks versus what, three months. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. a huge difference. And plus when they get to that age, they're finally starting to develop a personality to where before you left, it was probably just, you know, a thing that just lays on the ground. <laughs> and yeah. just exactly. So I do want to ask that I didn't think before, were you still pumping this whole time when you're on the ship? No, no. So um, I know women that have done it, but I actually, I had stopped breastfeeding uh, uh, before I had even gone underway that first time. Was that because you knew you were going to go underway or was it just by choice? (laughs) By choice. I I actually ended up uh, getting pneumonia uh, during the summer and that just dried me up completely. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's so. Yeah, but I'm hopeful for the next one that I can go a little longer. And one other question, because I don't know how the Navy works too much. You said the comms weren't that great. So how are the comms? Like are, what do you guys have to use? Satellite phones or what? Yeah. uh, So what we can, I'm in a good position because my husband has all different kinds of accounts. He has the sipper and the Wix and everything. So I'm, I'm in a fortunate position where I can communicate to him that way as well to be like, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, if I can't communicate through him on Facebook or other networks, because you know, the, the bandwidth on a ship is not that great. Uh, so, and there's a lot of other important things that take precedence over being able to use email, but we could email. I mostly emailed him a, a couple times a day, and my husband could send me pictures uh, of my son, Callan, on email. So I was able to get pictures almost every day. But our phone calls, I was able to call because we have a, it's called the plain old telephone system, POTS. <laughs> we were able to call on that uh, like once a week or so. So, but it's hard because, you know, I'm trying to communicate with my 10 month old, 11 month old, and you know, I can, I can try to be like, Hey, mommy's here, but you know, he's not super talkative. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> so trying all interact. over the place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how did you guys prep? So actually first, what was your notification? So you volunteered for this. So how, what was the leeway that you had to repair? Yeah. So I'm pretty fortunate, uh, at my command, I knew this underway, our deployment was going to be happening well in advance. I knew the schedule, we pretty much had a tentative schedule. I mean, even a year or so out, I knew what was coming. Um, Cobra Gold, our Thailand exercise is a huge, huge deal for us um, in Thailand. So I knew it was coming and I knew I wanted to go on it even when 
I was on maternity leave, I think I was thinking like, oh yeah, next spring, next spring, that's going to be my last one before I go. So I was pretty determined the whole year to get on this underway. That's cool that you guys know so far out, but it also Mm -hmm. stinks that you had your mindset so much so on almost a goal to where, like I said, you almost excused all those emotions, right? That you finally just came to fruition. So Um, Mm -hmm. now would you volunteer for a second one? Oh, I probably would if my son was a little bit older, I think, but I mean, I've, so I've been on the ship underway four times now, um, or almost maybe five times. Um, so I, I think I'm also just a little maxed out on ship time, but I definitely think if I were to stay in the Navy, I definitely want to deploy again. Like I said, there's some stuff about the ship that I just think about and I know I love. I just don't think I was quite mentally ready for this one uh, being still less than 12 months postpartum. Yeah, that's, that is hard. More props to you for doing that, but you did it. Um, and now you have so much to share to all of us. So how was reintegration like when you came home? You know, he was oh. eight months when you left and a year when you came home, right? Oh no. So he was eight months the first time I had left. Okay. Uh, but this time he was 10 months when I had left and he was almost a year, uh, which I mean, so much happens in that. So I actually missed his uh, first tooth the first time I went on the ship at eight months and then he got two bottom teeth and then I actually missed his second top tooth, his two top teeth when I came back. So I missed teething pretty much all together, which unfortunately was at my husband's expense. And I was Um, like, we think you're lucky if you missed that. Horrible thing. (laughs) Yeah. Or he was already pretty much crawling when I came back, you know, and so I did miss some stuff like that, but, and so getting reintegrated, it was definitely, well, one, it was a little challenging because uh, coronavirus had popped up while we were on the ship. Um, so we had to take some extra precautions. So I had to go shower everything, sanitize down before I could even like touch him. And that's pretty hard to do uh, when, you know, you just want to squeeze them right then and there. Uh, so I had to do that. And then I hung out at home with him the whole day, but honestly, I was, I was almost a little nervous. He wouldn't remember me. I thought, and that was part of like my emotions too, was thinking he's not going to remember me. He's not gonna, we're not going to interact. We're not going to have that same bond we did before. So I was really nervous. We weren't going to have that bond. And you know, I, looking back, I think that's still, everyone told me that was silly to think, because of course he would know I'm his mama, but I really was scared about that. So luckily, you know, within the first hour or two, I kind of, I got my groove back. He immediately recognized me, but you know, I had to kind of get my groove back. So I spent the whole day, whole first two days at home with him. And then I had to go do something. I had to do my of course, my travel voucher. So I brought him into work with me (laughs) to do that. I just couldn't let him go. So I spent a good few days just at home with him, getting to reacquaint myself with the kind of the mom duties. Um, and, And knowing what my husband had been doing, like what was his new feeding schedule? What was the new things that they have been doing? Um, trying to get to know that instead of ignoring some of the stuff they had been doing while I was away. 
What was your husband's, uh, you know, when you volunteered for this, what did your husband say? Was he on board or was he hesitant to, you know, take care of your little one for a month just with daddy time? Yeah, no, he was completely on board. And I think uh, getting that chance to go away just for a little bit beforehand helped him. Because I think if you were to go like a cold, you know, few months away for the first time, it might be a bit of a shock to the spouse. But um, I think he, he was super supportive. He was excited for me. And you know, was like, however, because we didn't know when I was going to be able to come back. So he was like, you know, however long you're out there, it's fine. But I know it was tough some nights when he's like, well, he didn't, he hasn't been sleeping like the whole week when he goes getting his top teeth in. So I know that was tough on him, but he was super supportive. So you actually said you'd ne- when you're out to see, you don't know when you're coming back? Yes. So sometimes we know, but some, but in my case, I knew I was leaving the deployment early. I just didn't know when. So, and, and sometimes it's like, we know, but there's always, there's always the, you never know, like on deployment, you never know if you're going to get extended. You never know if you're going to miss that port call or if you're going to pull in a port somewhere else. So there's that ambiguity that I had dealt with on previous deployments or previous underways. So I just, I, and I prep myself for that too, of not knowing when, but that also adds to the kind of emotions and anxieties. Um, especially as we were dealing with coronavirus at the time. Yeah, I'm going to say that would that would almost be my worst anxiety right there is just not knowing when I'd be able to see my kid again. Mm-hmm. That's, yes, that's got to be the worst. <laughs> yes, and I mean, I had, and I had told people, I was like, if I am still on the ship and it's his first birthday, I'm just going to, I'm going to need a day. <laughs> so, um but luckily, I was like, as long as I'm home for his first birthday, I'll be happy. So luckily, I was. Yeah, that's awesome that they made that happen. If they did mm-hmm. or not on purpose, it still happened, so it's okay. Yes. <laughs> you had mentioned if you stay in the you know if you stay in the Navy, you'll go on another deployment. So has this experience, mm-hmm. you know? And I always say, whatever you say, it's not permanent, right? Year to year changes. Some years we want to get out, some years we don't. But how has this experience changed what you want to do in the future? I think that this experience, I mean, it's definitely taught me that, um, yeah, family planning, it is really important, especially when we think about our careers. But one thing I have kind of learned from this is that, you know, deployments can wait. The Navy can wait. The whatever branch of service, it can wait. Your family is super important. And um, I think that I should have, I probably should have waited until after you know, some time, some more time had passed um, to go on this late, this amount of time away. Um, so I think that going forward, I know my next tour will be a shore duty. Um, so we're family planning for that. Um, but after, I think I really would have to take like a good hard look at where I am, what levels are my family, are they at, uh, where my husband's career's at before, you know, thinking about volunteering for something especially if it's like the for the reasoning for it too um a lot of times deployments are equated with being good for your career which while they are there's other ways to get experience as well which I've kind of found out so deployments are great it's where we learn but they aren't the holistic picture of what we do in the military absolutely especially I think a long time ago before you know we were now at 20 years in the war. 
-hmm. but before that, when you had a deployment, it was, you know, it stood out where now it is, it is normal and it's not something highlighted. Yes. But okay. So you had mentioned there was only a few women on there. So what resources did you use? What tips can you give to women that are in this same situation, whether it's for a couple months, just on a, you know, TDY for a couple of weeks or for a long deployment, you know, the army goes up to 18 months. What resources do you use that we can, uh, you know, learn from? Well, one resource that I use that, you know, is pretty military wide is I talked to the chaplain. Um, I had a meeting, a couple meetings, um, just to like, I mean, and he was super understanding and he was like, if you just need a vent, go ahead. And that's what I did, um, which is super important because we can bottle it inside or we can project it onto our sailors or whoever in a negative way um, if you're holding it inside. So I think being able to find that person, whether it be someone professional, luckily we did have a deployment counselor also on board our ship, which is amazing. That's, I haven't seen that before in my previous experiences. Uh, so finding those people, whether they're professional or personal relationships, and then, you know, that I, I would try to, I would try to time my meals and sit with my friends or sit with um, someone in my command that I knew would be sympathetic or empathetic of what I was going through. Because it's hard to feel like, you know, you're, for us, we, we all eat at the same time in what we call the wardroom. Um, which is almost like a kind of like a cafeteria. <laughs> it's like it's mean a galley. And you know, if you're kind of stuck doing meal times like with people that like you don't know, or like if you're having a bad day and you're stuck at a table with someone that you don't really want to be with, like it's only gonna make your day worse. So it's okay to like be like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what time are you eating? Let's let's make it a date. Like finding those like times to carve out some vent time or talking time with people that you're comfortable with. I think that's super important. So how many women were on the ship with you? Oh man. In my, so in my command, if there, there's about 40 of us on the ship. Um, and there's, I mean, there's like more people, there's like, I think 2,500 people on the ship, but in my own command, we only had, I think, maybe like seven or eight female officers. Um, So, and then on the ship, not a lot of moms, but maybe there's probably like maybe 20 other female officers. Not very many. It's not, uh, not many at all. (laughs) So do the men, do they act weird around you or, you know what I mean? Like you are definitely in a service that you are a tiny, tiny population compared to all of us. So especially when you're going through that and they saw the change, were you looked upon differently or were they all willing just to help? No, no. Um, I definitely, I definitely kept it between just a select few people of how, you know, I was really feeling. So I don't think I was uh, looked at differently at all or when I had left the ship. Cause that's always a thing. Like you, you know, if you're getting out of deployment early or you get, you don't get to go to, on deployment. You, we know how that kind of feels like, but I don't think anyone was faulting me um, for wanting to leave early, for being able to leave early, especially with the circumstances at the time uh, with coronavirus. We just, you know, didn't know when people could leave if they didn't leave then. So 
Uh, no, I was worried that people were going to, uh, or if someone saw me in a meeting with a chaplain, you know, you, you know, you want to tell people like, Hey, I'm okay. I can, I can do the job. I'm just not really happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's important too, though, is like with my boss, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing it. I'm just a little sad, <laughs> but don't, you don't have to worry about me. I'm seeking out my resources. I'm talking to people. And then I had told him, you know, I thought I was more, I thought I was going to be more prepared for this than I was. So just being honest. So are there any last remarks that you just want to share or you think women should know before they go on a deployment for any length of time? Uh, I think that definitely understand your resources professionally, what's out there, who do you have on your team, on your ship. Um, And then there was just little things too, like comfort items. Like I had brought one of my son's onesies or I had pictures that were like magnets that I put up different places. So I think just getting those comfort items, realistically thinking, okay, how often am I going to talk to you? Like I told my husband, I said, I hope I could email you once a day and I hope I could call you once a week. But if I, but like, that's like my, Uh, that's like my high expectation. You know, my low expectation would be, I wouldn't be able to talk to you for a few days at a time because that that can happen too. So just understanding those expectations um, and getting and being realistic about yourself and your mental health and your ability to do whatever you're going to go about do. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Lindsay. I know that's hard to have anxiety no matter the length of time when your your little one um, is so small. So just thank you for that experience. Thank you. No, thank you for letting me share. Um, I love what this podcast is going to be able to do for women like us. Uh, So thank you for having me. You know, there are so many different takeaways from this podcast. It was really hard to narrow down because I was trying not to focus on the mind-boggling data that she presented on how few women there are in the Navy and how family planning is really an expectation. Now, I totally get it. You know, I tend to plan around our deployment times and other services that maybe have deployments anywhere from three, three months to a couple months. But three years is a long time to wait to have a family. So that was one thing that stuck out that I really do think we should start having conversations about. But moreover, is her lesson takeaway that really that 12-month deferment waiver is there for a reason. It's there for you to bond with your family. Like she said, the military can wait, your job can wait, your family is really important, and you will never get that time back. So I hope that will resonate with you as you're trying to make decisions or your friends are trying to make decisions that your career can wait for just a few months. Your little ones are waiting for you. If you want to check out the episode notes from this podcast or any other podcast, you can find them at themilitaryworkingmom.com slash episode 034. Thank you for listening to the Military Working Mom podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe and leave a review to help us reach more military moms just like you. And then to save time and receive posts as soon as they come out, join our email list at www.themilitaryworkingmom.com and follow the Military Working Mom on Facebook to join our community of women as we discuss topics, ask questions, and share stories in a safe, judge-free environment. We are here to provide you with answers that you need. Don't forget to join us next week as we continue to help you navigate your mom, wife, and military life.